Welcome to the Orangewood Church Podcast. We are so happy you're joining us today, and wherever you are, we hope you leave feeling encouraged and confident that God is moving. Today, um, we are one week away from finishing up our journey up into Pentecost, and today we're going to talk about something that might seem like a bit of an offshoot, um, but it's going to come around at the end of it all. I hope so. I believe so. If not, thank you for being here. Um, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. I, I say that because half the time on a Sunday morning, like my notes are up here in front of me, but about half of what I'm saying is not on my notes. So I don't know where it's going to end up. And that's what I like about um, these Sunday mornings and when I plan and prep for messages. I've told you guys before that I go through and like plan the year out of like different ser- uh, sermon series things and everything else, but when it really comes to the, like the ideas and how it's all going to flow, I just kind of let it be. And so when we started Pentecost and how it's all going to go, I'm like, I don't know where we're going to end up. Let's just do it and see where we where we land. And I've been really thankful and and, and I'm enjoying where we're going. Um, it's it's been great. I do want to say uh, thanks for for praying for myself and Melissa this past week. Um, Melissa dealt with my my high anxiety moments of getting on the plane and flying to Reno and flying back, and uh, we, we survived, obviously, which is great. Um, I don't know why I have so much distrust in planes. Well, I do know why. It's from something else way back in the day, um, but I need to move beyond that and, and realize it's okay. We'll get there. And then something happened when, when we had kids. All of a sudden, I realized I was mortal and that I was going to die at some point. <laughs> it's really scary when you have kids, and all of a sudden, you're like, oh, I'm not going to live forever and I got to raise these guys. Yeah. <laughs> Carter's like, hi. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little crazy what happens with life. But So speaking of death and dying, we're going to talk about heaven today. That's what we're talking about. What is heaven going to look like? That's a pretty interesting question, right? When you think about it, um, if I were to take a poll and like ask you guys to tell me, I would imagine we would have a bunch of different responses, and depending on which generation you're from, you might have a, a different response in another generation because each generation kind of tends to learn a, bit, learn a little bit more about Scripture than the previous ones. Uh, it's great. That's that huge revelation of God through the time in history. I'm curious. Okay, so we're going to ask it. Um, so be ready to an- give me an answer. Um, you can just shout them out. be great. What is heaven going to be like? Go. A new earth? <laughs> Whatever Randy Alcorn says, that's a great answer. We don't necessarily know, but what do you hope it could be like? What do you think? A giant food stand? I think you want Taco Tuesday on every day, right? Yeah. When did Cinco de Mayo happen on Wednesday this year, right? Yeah, because Abram was like, we should have Taco Tuesday, but we didn't have enough. But we had Cinco de Mayo, so we had Taco Wednesday on Cinco de Mayo that year, this year. It was great. Uh, so whatever Andy Alcorn says, taco trucks basically day in, day out, uh, a new earth. What else? Any other ideas of what you think heaven might be like? Peace and no pain. Peace and no pain. I love that. Ooh, the ability to ask questions for all the questions we wanted to know. That's great. See our loved ones. See our loved ones? Okay, fantastic. Anyone else? 
be nice to see Jesus, okay. I, I was kind of hoping that was just kind of like a given, but I'm glad you said that. Um, <laughs> thank you. Heaven is going to be pretty unique. Um, I, I kind of came to a conclusion in my late teens, early 20s that I'm, I'm pre- pretty much good with whatever heaven is going to look like. Um, as long as there's what? What do you think I'm really looking forward to in heaven? Because I really look forward to it on earth. Baseball, Baseball right? How could we ever go wrong? Um, I'm glad you guys know me. Did you just give you the baseball being very, very good to me? <laughs> Whatever we think it's going to be, I believe this, that it's going to be a good surprise for all of us. It's going to be something that we weren't expecting. Open, if you would, to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to read two verses, and, and this is a bit weird for me. I'm not going to jump into a massive amount of depth of the verse. It feels really odd, um, but it's going to be okay. Matthew chapter 16, 19 through 21. This is uh, a very common passage that uh, pastors and preachers will use to say, Church, we're low on funds. We need you to give. Um, no, I'm not doing that today. I'm just trusting that you honor God and what's going on with your life and your, and, your, and your finances. And I don't want to worry about it too much. We'll get there if we need to. But right now we're not. Everything's great. Um, let's read this together. or I'll read it and you can follow along. Matthew 6, 19 through 21. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Really simple. It's a really simple verse. So Sue, I think what you said, the peace and no pain, very much a part of that verse. It's fantastic. So thank you for that. When I read that, the question that kind of went through my mind is, why do we do what we do? As followers of Jesus, what drives us? And that question even comes about maybe in in different forms and different fashions from different people who aren't followers of Jesus, asking us as followers of Jesus, why do you do what you do? Why do you follow Jesus? Why is it so important that you be a part of a a church on Sunday mornings and you do these things called studies and you you go on mission trips or you, you help people in the community or for us, like we were part of an elementary school that we help out with, why do you do what you do? I think it's a really interesting question because for each and every one of us, the answer is really unique to our own walks. It could be something as simple as you met Jesus at the lowest of the lowest moments and that was just an, an amazing experience and you follow him because that, it's, it's, Jesus was exactly what you needed right then and there to be that salvation and bring you out of the depths. So you're just going to follow Jesus. That's great. Um, some of you guys have stories with pretty complicated roads that lead to Jesus. And those roads and all those experiences of what you've done in life have pointed you to the direction of where, like, maybe you didn't have, like, this big weeping moment at an altar, but you just kind of came to the conclusion that, yeah, Jesus is who I need to follow, and so you do. Some might just be looking forward to what's the next part in life, like, you're just kind of over what's happening, and just like, I just want to be with Jesus. We had a lady in Reno, and she was incredible. She was... uh, 
they called her like the one of the biggest prayer warriors. And uh, her name was Alma Baker. And uh, she was a founding member of Sparks and Nazarene Church. Um, when she passed away, she was in her mid-90s. And Alma Baker never had a TV. And her response was, why would I waste my time watching stuff that doesn't matter when I could be praying for people? So instead of watching TV, she just prayed. And she prayed hard for people to come to see Jesus. She prayed all the time. Like she was kind of done with this world. And what was interesting, like talking with her, is we'd have to say, like, we'd, we'd go visit Alma in, in, at, the, uh, at the care facility she was in. And she would look at us individually as pastors when we'd go talk with her. And she's like, I'm ready to go see Jesus. And we're like, Alma, like, that's great, but I can't pray for you to die. That just doesn't feel right. You're still here. You have a job to do. And she's like, I know. I just, I'm ready to be with Jesus. So some of us might just be at that point where we're like, yeah, I just, I just, I'm looking forward to the next life. So I follow Jesus. But that question of why do you do what you do? is not just for believers, but for everyone. Like, we all have to answer this question. Like, what motivates us? What drives us? And in people even outside of the church, we answer the, they answer this question in the sense of we can see what they do and why they do it by following their heart's desires. Where your heart is is where the treasure lies, right? Did I get that right? Yes. <laughs> I'm glad Michelle's in the front row. Sometimes I switch out my words. And so Michelle is, you guys know Michelle. She's really great. She gives you the, things great. Her. <laughs> you got to back it up and, and make it right. Um, what we show the world is very apparent to where our heart lies. Whether we're followers of Jesus or not. But motivations are key. We know that there's people in this world that do incredibly great works and incredibly great things for people who don't follow Jesus. Like, following Jesus is like, doing good things isn't a prerequisite to, to follow Jesus. Like, doing good things is what we should just be doing. And there's great people in this world that don't follow Jesus that do that. They help out hundreds of thousands of people financially and getting them out of, out of the pits of poverty. They, they do, they feed people. They, they, they just make inroads meet in a number of different ways, but they don't follow Jesus. So what makes us different? Pentecost, as we've been talking about, is a pinnacle moment in, in the church. Um, not only is it great in how many people came to know Jesus that day, what was the next? 3,000 people on that day alone came to know Jesus? Like, that's, I think we'd all just pass out if that were to happen right now. There's, what, 50, 60 of us in this room right now, and all of a sudden, like, 3,000 people come to Jesus by, like, what's going on from right here? Like, we wouldn't know how to respond to that. That would be incredible. But there's a bigger moment. See, in, in, the, in the moment of Pentecost, these disciples and these people that were following Jesus started speaking languages of other people that they didn't know how to speak the day before, which gives this incredible new understanding of heaven, that heaven is bigger than what we might realize. It's fuller with people that we might not realize are already there. There is an abundance in heaven. So to start with, what does heaven look like, or what could heaven look like? 
abundance. Abundance. Abundance of people we didn't expect. And I'm not talking about the universalist approach that everyone's going to be in heaven. I'm talking about people that we didn't know who were believers that all of a sudden we're going to get there and go, you knew Jesus too? That's fantastic. Like there's going to be these good surprise moments of people that we have walked alongside life with that we just didn't know, which is also kind of weird in one sense that almost may be frustrating that we can look back and go, I should have known, but I didn't know. People of a different denomination, yes, Baptists will be in heaven, right? Um, there will be a number of different people that even on the theological spectrum will be there to see Jesus. It's great. So not only will we be there with God, with the God of creation, we are gonna be there with so many other people. Now, if you're like me and you're a bit of an introvert, that could be a bit overwhelming, but I need us to understand that heaven is not necessarily like earth in the sense of, I think us introverts, we have like maybe a small inkling of that people might be out to get us or people are gonna do something wrong. Or so we, just, we just stay back. And heaven relationships are going to be what they're meant to be, peaceful. So for introverts, we don't have to worry. It's going to be fine. It's going to be okay. The abundance is also there in the sense that there will never be not enough. There will never be a shortage. In the Nazarene Church, when we take communion, we, we practice what's called an open table meaning that we don't have to be members of the, of the Nazarene church in order to take communion. We believe that if you're in this building and when we take communion and if you're at a spot where your heart is, you, you've talked with Jesus about where your heart is at, then by all means, come take communion. Why? Because there is more than enough room at the table. More than enough room. We, uh, we took Melissa to Olive Garden for Mother's Day for dinner. And there were people waiting a long time to get into Olive Garden. And heaven, you won't have the Friday night hour and a half wait to get into Olive Garden. You will have room at the table. No wait. There will always be enough. There will always be enough space because you're there. Abundance is something that we are experiencing the opposite realm, uh, especially in the past six months. Even the past, well, the past year and a half. For the life of me, I still don't understand why toilet paper was out of stock. Like, that still never made any sense to me. I'm sorry. Like, it, someone wrote an article about how, like, someone grabbed more toilet paper and all of a sudden everyone went crazy and bought it. Like, there was still, like, if someone can explain to me why and how that happened, that'd be great. But nothing about COVID-19 said you needed an abundance of toilet paper. But yeah, we just, it was gone. And there's so many other things that are off the shelves. Even now, we are experiencing not the abundance of, but the scarcity of. I just read the, the report the other night, and I, I just I couldn't believe it when I was reading it. But there it was. Target has taken off Pokemon cards off their shelves. Yeah. Right? <laughs> because... Everyone's staying home and baseball cards and they're starting to trade these things back and forth again and the, the value of these cards are going through the roof and people are getting hurt by going after these cards. 
oh, Jesus, come back. <laughs> like, right? Like, how in the world is this happening? But groceries are getting more expensive, so the abundance of maybe what we had three months ago when it came to our paychecks is becoming scarcer now because groceries are more expensive. Health insurance premiums continue to go up. Um, we have the gas shortage thing that's going on in different parts of the country now that are causing prices to go up and supply to go down. Like there's a number of different things that are making us feel like the abundance of what we did once have is no longer there. With our building, we're filling it in, in, the, in the rebuilding process because now materials have gone up, which has caused some readjusting on our budget. Like there's all sorts of different things that are happening. We don't really feel the abundance. And when we don't feel the abundance, panic sets in. So remember that though, like in heaven, there's the abundance of, not the lack of. Our panic can drop, our anxiety can go away. We will be okay. Heaven's also going to look like a place where value is restored. Been reading a book uh, through Pentecost, and this author makes a statement that when God dwells with humans, gold and asphalt have the same value. Isn't that nice? It's because to God, the value is more in his creation, more than what we put together. His, his value is in us. He values us more than material things. And so for us, we respond with God as our source of wealth. Not just financial wealth, but the wealth of just life and living and being a part of humanity, being a part of God's creation. God is our primary resource. What's crazy is that we, we rank different, we put like a value and we rank objects and people. Like we, we just do. But when it comes to heaven, we really, the values are reset to what they need to be. That your value to God is simply that you're incredible because you were created. That's it. <laughs> and that doesn't need, even need to be experienced in heaven that should be experienced now the moment we come to Jesus we realize that even with the flaws that we have on earth we are valuable to God because God created us God is pleased with who we are because he's created us So there's abundance, there's the reset in values, and heaven is going to be beauty. It sounds kind of cheesy, but just follow along with me in a sense. Like, it's not just, well, no. In scripture and in church tradition, we talk about like the streets, you know, paved of gold, right? And so maybe the streets are paved of gold, but if the streets aren't paved with gold, are we going to turn away? Because someone's like, no, that's, that's not gold, Jesus. We're not. But what I think is incredible is like when we read in Scripture, like we need to understand that 
the writers who wrote are using the best words that they know to describe something that's indescribable. Like, just, just take that for a moment. That when you have trouble finding words to describe something that is truly amazing, like just how much more will we struggle to, to put into words what heaven is going to be like? See, John wrote in Revelation that to him, heaven, there would be no more sea between him and God. Sea as an ocean, not the letter C. Like, because at, at one point in time, John was exiled to Patmos. And Patmos is close enough to still know that you're missing out on civilization. And when you're exiled away from people, boy, you long to be with people again. And so if you're, if you're an ocean lover, to, to read John say, there's no more sea, that could be very devastating. But let's think about using the best you can with the words you've been given to describe heaven. For John... It's restored back into relationships with God's creation. He's no longer put aside from everything. He's back in with people. He's no longer separated out. He's back with. So John saw the sea between where he was at and where he could be as an obstacle. Heaven for him was, there's no more obstacles. Heaven's going to be a beautiful place with people all around. For lack of better terms, heaven is going to be incredible. And that falls short in describing it. But as believers, we're told in the Lord's Prayer that we can bring heaven into earth. And the things that we are longing for and hoping for to, to see and be a part of, we, we get to experience the beginnings of that now after we come to Jesus, and we get to live that on this earth. That relationships are vital to existence. So again, why do we do what we do? We live even now, bringing heaven to earth. And it might seem extreme to people outside the church. It might even seem bland to people outside the church. But we live this way because it drives us. Knowing what is to come drives us into our decisions. Not just so much so that we can say, be saved ourselves, but we, we realize that there are people around us that don't know this peace and this joy and this understanding of life. And so hopefully what's driving you also in following Jesus and, and living that way is because you're looking forward to sharing this life and bringing heaven to earth to someone else so they can experience the same joy. What's really cool about the abundance of people being in heaven is that that started because Jesus is our Savior and then he's equipped us as the church to go out and basically fill heaven. Do what you're called to do and be the light that you need to be. Bring people to the understanding and saving knowledge and grace of Jesus to, so that we can have those conversations and ask them any question we want to ask. Pastor 
Pentecost is a call to action, and it's a call to live a life following Jesus of bringing heaven to earth. Heaven's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. But don't miss out on heavenly moments that are here on this earth. Your treasure is shown by your heart. So may your heart be seeking Jesus. May your heart be longing for what's to come, but also living in now. And as we wrap up Pentecost next week, may we just find ourselves in a spot where we understand our individual calls better. And I hope that maybe for the last few weeks you've been kind of searching through that and how all these different things come about. But also take a moment and just pray and just ask Jesus to say, <laughs> we, we, just, we just come to him and go, I'm looking forward to what's coming, but how do I bring what's coming to people around me now? And maybe we need our eyes opened a little bit more to know that heaven is bigger than what we typically see. Where we're open to the moments that maybe we've been closed off to. Let's just take a moment, let's just pray. Father God, we... Uh, We typically actually like look forward to things that are peaceful, like vacations and everything else where we can just relax and just be. And maybe that's just, maybe heaven is your extended vacation where we just get to relax and just be with you. But until we get to that vacation moment, we, we, have, we have a job to do. We have a call to bring those bits of heaven into the forefront of our lives to bring people close to you not necessarily by our works but by what you do through us so help us to realize that and understand and live in a way that your table is, is always there and there's always a seat where there's never not enough room. Open our eyes to see the heavenly moments in front of us. reprioritize our treasures nothing wrong with the things that are going on in this world and things that we purchase and the things that we we want to be a part of but if those are our sole reasons for living God then we we need to be in a spot of reevaluation so help us to balance the things of this world with the things of heaven Jesus we love you but we do want to know you more. We pray these things in your name. Amen.
Once again, thanks for joining us at Orange Ridge Church. If you'd like more information or to contact us, head over to orangewoodchurch.org.